Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 6. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 6. I want to speak to you tonight for a few minutes on the persistent widow. On the persistent widow. You know, I'm telling you, I love some of these parables that Jesus actually gives. You know, often not parables of the rich and famous or parables of people that have got all the resource in the world and they're doing so well, but parables of people that have taken hits. Parables of people that have taken a few blows in life. People that are still getting up despite everything that life has thrown at them. And you know, when I read this particular parable about the persistent widow, I think, I think there's something more that actually meets the eye when we actually look at this particular passage. And I know that when we read this, Jesus talks about her persistence, but I actually think it is a parable about faith. And so tonight, I want to stir your faith. I don't know about you, but you know, many times in life, we can do things well without faith. But the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want to say this, if you want to step into a new realm in your walk with God, there's got to be a greater increase in faith. Come on, who wants a bit of faith tonight? Come on, we're Faith Christian Church. We are? Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 6 says this. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should pray, always pray, and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God or cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they will get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I've got to say this. I heard a little chuckle as I read part of this a passage in Luke chapter 18. I do love this statement in the Bible where the judge says, I don't fear God and care about what people think, yet this widow may come and attack me. He was scared of the widow. And you have to ask yourself, what type of widow was this that actually make the judge freak out? I reckon she was a Rambo widow. Maybe something like this. Maybe she was a tough widow. Maybe she was a I'll be back widow. Oh, it's gone now. Maybe she was just a widow, kind of don't mess with Thanks, guys. That widow's not going to haunt me for the rest of my life. You know, for the judge, he's so nervous that he changes his mind. He shifts his position because of her tenacity. But I actually don't believe that this is the purpose of this story. See, there's more to this story than just the idea of human persistence. I heard this phrase the other day on faith that I really like. Faith without works is dead, but works without faith is really dumb. 
Faith, faith without works is dead, but works without faith is really dumb. And I think this is not just a story about the widow's persistence when it comes to going after the judge. Don't get me wrong, persistence in the face of overwhelming obstacles is incredibly important. But I think this parable is a link between persistence and faith. And I want to say this, I'm going to say this, you and I in many times in life can do many things without faith. We can come to church without faith. We can pray without faith. We can worship without faith. We can do a whole bunch of things just in our religious mode, just by doing it because we're doing it, yet not actually understanding the power that faith can actually have to actually unlock the supernatural in our life. And Jesus is speaking about a widow who's got persistence, but he brings it back to a lesson on faith. And he begins the story that I would class as misplaced faith. You see, the Bible says that she had faith in the unrighteous judge. And Jesus makes the point that if she's got faith for an unrighteous judge to actually get her her way, imagine how much more your heavenly Father can do if you don't misplace your faith in other things, but actually put your faith back on Him. And how the power of that can actually change your life. And Jesus makes this statement at the end, I love it. He says, will He find faith on the earth? Kind of to the point when you look at the, the Greek and this whole idea, this idea of what type of faith will he find here on earth? What type of faith will Jesus find in my life? What type of faith would Jesus find in your life? What type of faith would, that will give you what you need? See, the reality is there are many different types of faith. You see, there are certain type of faith that Jesus is challenging us to actually step into. And I think the story is revealing because it, speaks about the different type of faith that people actually have. You know, when people say they've got faith, I think they mean a, revo- revo- a variety of things. I don't think there's anyone on the planet that actually doesn't have faith. I believe everyone has got some type of faith. If I were to jump in my car in the morning, I have faith that when I turn the ignition, the car would come on. I had faith, I'd have a certain level of faith that when I get to work, I'm not going to have an accident. It may be misplaced faith if I'm driving at the Monash on peak hour, but it's faith nevertheless. The reality is we often live our lives by putting our faith in so many different types of areas. And this story tells us the types of different faith that we can often anchor our lives to, but then it talks about the great faith that I believe that we can sell out to. The first one is this, is that whole idea of faith in people. The first thing that we see here when it comes to the widow's faith is that there is a faith in humanity. There's a faith in people. Now, I'll be honest, church, it's a noble faith. It's a justified faith. It's a faith that sees the best in people. I'm sure when she first approached the judge with her issue and with her problem, she had this type of faith. She thought, I got a problem. I got someone coming after me. She thought, you know what? If I go to the judge, he's going to fix it. If I go to this man who should be a beacon of righteousness and fairness, then he's actually going to sort my issue out. You know, often in life, we approach people with this type of faith, a faith in humanity, a faith where the people will do the right thing. The fact the widow that it was with the judge in the first place tells us that she's actually got that type of faith. 
that she's believing that he will do what she is asking. But clearly, as we read this passage, it's actually not working the way that she hoped. And so the, for the widow, it's hard work. She's encountering resistance when she should be experiencing kindness. She's done nothing to this man. She's hoping that he is a good guy. But in his personal culture, he's not the man that she thought he would be. And so now she has to deal with more pain when really she should be getting justice. You know, the Bible speaks a lot about this. Not to be surprised in the way that we go about life in dealing with broken humanity. Look what David writes. He writes in a similar scenario. I love this in Psalm chapter 41, verse 1 to 12. He said, blessed are those who have regard for the weak, which really is what the judge didn't have. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. The Lord protects and preserves them. They are counted among the blessed in the land. He does not give them over to the desires of their foes. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. I said, have mercy on me, Lord, and heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies say of me in malice, when will he die and his name perish? When one of them comes to see me, he speaks falsely while his heart gathers slander. And then he goes out and spreads it around. We see David dealing with broken humanity. All my enemies whisper together against me. They imagine the worst for me, saying a vile disease has afflicted him. He will never get up from the place where he lies. Isn't it crazy? In other words, he's saying, I'm sick and people are still judging me. I'm unwell and people are still coming after me. Look at this one. Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread has turned against me. But may you have mercy on me, Lord. Raise me up that I may repay them. I know that you are pleased with me for my enemy does not triumph over me. Because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. You know, the reality is your faith in humanity can only go so far. Sooner or later, you'll encounter the schemes of broken humanity. But what does David say? He doesn't, he, he doesn't allow broken humanity to wreck his faith in God. He says, because of my integrity, I know that people are whispering around me. I know that people that were my friends have turned against me, but I'm not going to put my faith in humanity, but I'm going to put my faith in God Almighty. You see, the second one here is a faith in a system, that the system is going to work for me, that the things that the government have set up are going to land in my favour, that I have faith in the system. She comes up to the judge hoping that the judge would stand up for her. She's hoping that the system would have filtered out the bad eggs. She was hoping that the system would have brought justice to her, regardless of the personality of the man that she's dealing with. But in reality, this system is really breaking down for this widow. Think about it. She was stuck in a broken system, a judge with an agenda, a judge with no internal compass of compassion or righteousness. You know, church, we see this in the world today. We see resource-rich nations with broken systems, and because of that, people starve. I know it's a very simplistic issue. I know it's a very simplistic way of describing some of the big things in the world, but you think about all the resource-rich nations, right? Five or 10% of the world is, is, is more wealthy than anyone else around. It's just the system is broken. We see here for this widow, the system 
was broken. Jesus was crucified under a broken and corrupt system. He didn't deserve to die, but he did it for us, yes. But in that system, he bore the punishment that was not his. I love the cross of Jesus. It makes a statement to you and I that God can give us the ultimate outcome no matter what injustice you go through in life. And when Jesus is talking about faith, he's not talking about a faith in people. He's not talking about a faith in system as we see this widow had. Or even a third type of faith, which is a faith in ourselves. We look at this widow and we look at her tenacity and her gumption and her fortitude. We say, we want to be like that. And I'm telling you now, I'm going to tell you, there's something about this widow, there's no doubt that her passion is something that should stir us all. But because of her faith, because of her personal commitments, the Bible says she actually got him to change his mind. But you know what? It was a hard slog. It was a difficult road. And Jesus makes the point of not giving up. Maybe she came close to failure. Maybe she came close to calling it quits. But she pushed through. I mean, that's a type of faith that we all admire. A faith in me. I've got it. I can do it. I'm going to keep pushing through. That is a solid type of faith. I think we need that in life. I, need, we, I think we need that confidence that we've actually got it to keep pushing through. But in reality, Jesus is actually not really addressing that type of faith. He's not addressing a faith in humanity. He's not addressing a faith in a system. Or he's not even addressing a faith in ourselves, a kind of a courageous attitude that we need to have. He's addressing a specific type of faith. And it's a faith that is unique to our faith, a faith that is biblical faith, a faith that the Bible speaks about in Hebrews. Can I say it's this type of faith that can move mountains, a faith that can produce not one outcome, but many outcomes in your life, a faith that never disappoints, a faith that never lets you down, a faith that is not hard, a faith that will not only take you through the challenges, but will actually see the result on the other side. I, love what the, I like what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 to 2 in the message. It says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is a firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we can't see. Listen to this. I love this. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and sets them above the crowd. I've got to tell you, we've been called to live a life of faith that goes beyond the crowd, that goes beyond the faith of just trusting in a system, that goes beyond the faith of just trusting in humanity, or just a faith in yourself that I've got it all, that I can take hold of it. There is a higher faith that God has called for you and I to live in, and it is a faith that the, the, the ancients were commanded for. It's a faith in God. It's a faith in God. We must never underestimate this type of faith. It's not a faith in a system or a faith in humanity or just a faith in ourselves, but a faith in God. But not just any God. We read the world today that there are many gods. People believe in so many different gods today. Jesus is not paying out other gods when he talks about his God or dressing the names of other gods, he's talking about a specific God. He's talking about Jehovah God. He's talking about the one true God, the one God in three, who is the all-powerful God, Jehovah God. And look what he says, the one God in the Bible. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust 
judge says, And will not God bring about justice for all his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Our faith in God. I think you get to this time of year and you can allow your faith in God to wane. I think it's easy to put your faith in humanity or put your faith in a system or put your faith in your own skill sets and the things that God has blessed you with. But I want to remind you tonight that this is not just about the widow's persistence. This is about Jesus coming and saying, will he find faith on the earth? In other words, not just people who can pray well but have no faith. But there is faith that is attached to their prayer. There is faith that is attached to their worship. There is faith that is attached to their witnessing. There is faith that is attached to every single area of their lives. That they haven't polluted their faith with other faith. But they recognize that their faith in God is the greatest faith that can move the greatest mountains in their life. All the other faiths are inferior. I want the musicians to come. There are four things knowing about, worth knowing about our faith in God that I want to leave with you tonight. I've made this message really simple because I actually felt it on my heart. That I believe they're direct opposite to this judge. That when you're praying, when you're worshipping, when you're going for it, when you're believing God, I believe there are four things that when it comes to your faith in God that you can grab hold of tonight. If we can put them up. Number one, God is good. Number two, God knows. Number three, God cares. And number four, God has the power to act. The direct opposite of this judge. God is good. God knows. God cares. And God has the power to act. God is good. God knows. He cares. And he actually has the power to act. You see, many times when the enemy comes and tries to rob our faith, he comes and he says, God doesn't know your need. God doesn't care about your need. God can't shift this circumstance. This obstacle is too big for God. Look at what you've done. I was reading in, I think it was Psalm 107, and it talks about the failings of the Israelites, but it talks about God coming through. I think one of the biggest things that people wrestle with, with God breaking through in their life, they say, well, I've created this mess. I've actually done something wrong. So how can God actually overcome my own weakness? And how can I come to God when I've actually stuffed up so badly? Let me say this, Jesus died on the cross for your imperfection. He died on the cross for the very reason that He knew that you were going to mess up. God is good. God knows. God cares. And God has the power to act. I want to encourage you coming into this Christmas season. In only a few weeks time, we're going to have our carols. I want to encourage you to believe that God is going to do something supernatural in your family. You know, I was talking to, I hear so many different testimonies and stories about what God God does right throughout the earth. When I was in Romania, just hearing what God is doing over there. You know, often when I walk into church, people will grab me and just tell me a short testimony about what God is doing in their life. I was talking to a lady just the other day and uh, she was talking about the miracle baby that's gonna be born next year. And she said, you know, she said, we're believing for a baby girl. She said, I had four miscarriages, four miscarriages. But she said, I believed in faith. Just to the point that every time I had a miscarriage, I would go and buy some more baby clothes. Took a step of faith. Because I'm not gonna believe in anything else but a God that can do something supernatural in my life. She talked about how generations in her family have never had, partner's family have never had baby girls. And just talked about how it would have been an absolute miracle. They all had boys, it would have been a miracle 
Third action, but have a baby girl. She says, you know what? I'm a living testimony. I'm going to have a baby girl next year. And she said, after all these miscarriages, after all these challenges, I just kept stepping out of faith, keep buying baby clothes, keep believing God, never, you know, minimizing my faith, but keep believing. Because out of all my faiths, my greatest faith is the faith of God. You know, there's a man, young man here tonight who, you know, went through cancer, who's now in remission. Had to go through some, uh, some treatment overseas. The treatment itself was supposed to completely wipe him out. The side effects were so terrible. The doctors, when he started going through the treatment, started going, you have no side effects. There's something wrong. This treatment's not working. Later on, they realized that the cancer was actually in remission and he actually went through the whole treatment with no side effects whatsoever. That is not a system in man. That is not a system of faith in humanity. That is absolutely God himself. And church, I began to think about that. I began to think about that often we can just water down our faith. We can place our faith in so many other things. Can I encourage you tonight? Yeah, believe in humanity. Believe in the best in humanity. I'm not saying don't believe the best in humanity. Every time I meet a person, I believe the best in them, right? But my faith doesn't get broken when people let me down. I believe in a good system. We live in a great country. But my faith doesn't get whacked when the system lets me down, right? Oh, there are times that I want to go on and, you know, and achieve things. I've got such a desire to do things. Then I fail and I kind of miss the mark and... But I don't allow my own weaknesses just to discourage my faith. Because I can have faith in all those things, but the greatest faith that I should be having is faith in God Almighty Himself. And Jesus comes on the earth and He says, what type of faith will He find? Will He find a people of faith? Will He find a people that understand out of all the other faiths, their faith in Jehovah God is the greatest faith that can achieve the greatest result in their life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.